Welcome to all of you over in the venue, those watching online, and we're glad that you're here. About 2,000 years ago, a, a man by the name of Paul, we call him the Apostle Paul, was sitting in a prison, and while he was there, the Holy Spirit came upon him in a very unique and special way, and he, he wrote a letter to a group of Christians that lived in a town called Ephesus. Now that letter that, that Paul wrote later became part of the Bible, and we call it the Book of Ephesians today. That's what the church calls it, the Book of Ephesians. But it was really a letter that, that Paul wrote. And over the past few months, we've been studying that letter that, that Paul wrote. And today, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6, the first four verses. So if you have a Bible, you can turn there, or you can look at it inside the, the note sheet, or it'll be up on the jumbotrons, okay? The Bible says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. Everybody say that. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them, rather, Bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Now, Paul, in, in verse 2, simply quotes the, the fifth commandment. Whether you're a believer or not, whether you believe that the Bible is God's word or not, we've all heard of the Ten Commandments, right? Well, in verse 2, Paul just quotes the fifth commandment. Exodus chapter 20 says, Honor your father and your mother, the so that you may live long in the land, in the land that the Lord your God has given you. And I want you to notice that there's no time limit on this. There's no age limit on this. God simply tells us that we're to honor our fathers and mothers. You may be 80 years old, and your father or your mother might be 100 years old, but God still commands you to honor them. You see that? There's no age limit on it. Everybody in here probably is a child, right? Or did someone get dropped off here by an alien or something? <laughs> We're all children. Now, some of our parents are, are, are not with us anymore. Probably most of our parents are. God says, it doesn't matter what age you are, you're to honor your parents. Now, let me quickly say this. <clears throat> you can't miss God's standard for the family here, can you? Here in the, in the Big Ten, the Big Ten Commandments, number five, you, you, you can't miss God's standard for the family. God didn't say honor your father and your father so that things may go well for you, or honor your mother and your mother so that things may go well for you, <clears throat> or some other crazy combination. No, God said, honor your father, that's a man, and honor your mother, that's a woman. There's no wiggle room for any other combination in this fifth commandment. Beloved, all throughout the scripture, beginning in Genesis with Adam and Eve, God's design was that a man and a woman would come together to form the nucleus of a family or the structure of a family. That's why God says, honor your father and your mother. Now, <clears throat> here's a, 
a good question that I, I think everybody ought to, ought to wrestle with. Why did God give us this command? I mean, think about it. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 3. The Bible says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. That's one of the, the, the basic um, Bible truths that we all have to understand, that all of us are sinful. Because of sin, every one of us is messed up, and that includes your parents. Because of sin, every one of us is prone to make mistakes. Right, parents? <laughs> because of sin, we all have weaknesses. That includes your parents. In 1969, a guy by the name of Thomas Harris wrote a book. It became a bestseller. It was entitled, I'm Okay, You're Okay. Some of you remember that book, which isn't true. Because of sin, you're not okay. Because of sin, I'm not okay. Because of sin, your parents aren't okay. Now, a number of years later, in 1993, a gal by the name of Wendy Kramer wrote a book entitled, I'm Dysfunctional, You're Dysfunctional. <laughs> now, that's true. Okay? Because of sin, I'm dysfunctional. And because of sin, you're dysfunctional. I know that. I know you. <laughs> and because of sin, your parents are dysfunctional. And yet here we have God commanding us to honor these people who sin. God tells us to honor these people who blow it, who make mistakes who have weaknesses, they're dysfunctional. God says, I want you to honor these people. Why? Why, why would God want us to honor these sinful, you know, dysfunctional people? Well, I think there's lots of reasons, but here's what I want to do, okay, in, in, in the time that I have. I want to give you, give you three thoughts I've shared these thoughts with you before over the years, but I, I, I just want to share these with you, let you wrestle around with them a little bit. Number one, God wants you to honor your parents because they're the ones that brought you into the world. I love what Proverbs 23 says, listen to your father, without him you wouldn't exist. And isn't that the truth? Beloved, regardless of how your parents treated you while you were growing up, the, the fact is they, they gave you something that nobody else in the world could give you. They gave you your life. God chose to use them to bring you into the world, and if for no other reason, you ought to honor them for that. You ought to be grateful for just maybe that fact. You wouldn't have life right now if it wasn't for your parents. Deuteronomy chapter 26 says, be grateful for the good things that the Lord your God has given you. Be grateful for the things your, your Lord, your, your God has given to your family. Be grateful. Be grateful for the fact that God chose your parents to bring you into the world. That, that was a good thing that God gave you, right? You honor your parents for simply bringing you into the world. Now let me give you a couple of sub points 
to this. Not only do you honor your parents for bringing you into the world, but, but number one, you honor their effort. You honor their effort. Parenting is, is difficult, isn't it? It's time demanding. It takes an incredible amount of energy just to corral your kids, doesn't it? Let alone teach them anything. I got three kids, and I can tell you, most of my time seems to be, you know, trying to just corral them. It's like hurting cats. You know, I mean, it's just hard to do. It takes a lot of, a lot of effort. When was the last time you thanked your parents just for putting up with you? Who else would have? If you really think about it. This week, we, we celebrate Thanksgiving, you know. My favorite holiday, without a doubt. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the things you all ought to do, pick up the phone. If your parents, you know, don't live in town or don't live in the state or whatever, they do live in town, drive over there and just thank them for putting up with you. I just want just to say thanks, Mom. I just want to say thanks, Dad. I, I realize I was probably a handful at times. Thank you. It took a lot of effort. A lot, lot of effort. I, I, in fact, I forgot about how much effort it, it I've been so busy raising my own kids. I forgot the effort that you, you put in. And helping me become the man I am today, the woman I am t today. Number two, or the second way you can honor your parents is this, is you honor their sacrifice. Parenting is, is expensive. When you look at all the money your parents shelled out to raise you or will shell out, it, it's staggering. Listen, when your parents made the decision to have you, at the same time, they made a decision to do without a bunch of stuff, a bunch of really cool stuff. I calculated it out this week. If I hadn't had my kids, I'd be driving to Bentley right now. I'm a, I would. And I'd have a second house in Carmel right there on the ocean, a nice little thing right on the ocean. I thought about that this week. <laughs> you, know, you can't rewind the tape. But, you know. but really, I think about how many parents sacrifice just to put their kids in our school. What they give up. Just, just for that, unbelievable. But one of the ways you, you honor them is you just honor their sacrifice. Think about all the things your parents could have purchased, but they had to purchase you clothes. They, they had to send you to school, your, the hobbies that you had, your doctor bills, all the stuff. I, I was thinking back to um, you know, my mom. She was a single mom, and she raised me. And I, I loved sports and stuff. And man, my, my mom sacrificed to make sure I always had a nice mitt. And just about every year, I'd go through my cleats and wear them out. And my mom would buy me cleats. Um, just always sacrificing for some of my hobbies, just, just my hobbies that, that, I, that I had. So you need to appreciate the, the sacrifice that your parents have, you know, made for you. Maybe that's something you thank them for this week. Just call them up. Drive over there and just say, you know what? I, 
I was in church this week, and I heard from the Lord, and I'll tell you what, I never thought about the sacrifice. I'm very, I'm very aware of my sacrifice I'm putting out for my kids, and, but I've just forgot about what it must have taken. Things you could have had, what you and dad or you and mom could have had if you hadn't chose to have us or me. And I just want to thank you. Someone once said that there are four stages to a man's life. The first stage is he believes in Santa Claus. Remember that? When you're young, a young guy. You believe in Santa Claus. Number two, he doesn't believe in Santa Claus. That's the second stage. You know, you get to an age where you just go, you know what? I don't believe in Santa Claus anymore, right? Number three, he is Santa Claus, <laughs> right? He gets older, and he's the one buying all the gifts, you know, and all the stuff. And, and then number four, he, he looks like Santa Claus. <laughs> and, that's, and I was thinking about that. I, the reason why I look like Santa Claus is because of my kids, all that they put me through. It's just made my hair turn a different color. It's made my hair shoot out my ears. It's unbelievable what my kids have done to me. <laughs> so number one, God wants you to honor your parents because they're the ones that brought you into the world. Okay, they put a lot of, of effort into raising you, and it was a huge sacrifice to, to, to raise you. Uh, number, number two, I think God wants you to honor your parents because respect for authority begins in the home. You honor them because they brought you into the world. But you honor them because respect for authority begins in the home. There, there are basically three sources of authority in life. You got the, the home, the, 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 the church, the government, and each of them have a role to play in, in your life. They're the, the basis for an orderly society, if you will. In the first place, a, a person begins to learn respect for authority. Whatever that authority is, is in the home. God says, children, I, I want you to honor your mom and dad. I want you to respect their authority in your life. And let me tell you why this is so important. It's important because if a child grows up with a, a lack of respect for authority, if they grow up with, a, you know, nobody tells me what to do kind of an attitude, they usually have a harder time in school, and when they get older, they usually have a harder time in their careers and their relationships. Why? Well, the reason why is because there's lots of times when you have to do what somebody else, you know, tells you to do, whether you want to do it or not. And you better learn this at home. Part of the problem in our culture today, in our, uh, our society here in America today, is, is that kids aren't learning how to respect their parents, which then just overflows into how they conduct themselves in school, how they conduct themselves in, in the jobs that they have. They don't have any respect for their mom and dad, then why would they have any respect for a teacher? Why would they have any respect for police officers? Why would they have any respect for the manager of the place that they work in? If they, if they don't respect mom and dad, well, everything else is just goes downhill from there. You see that? That makes, that makes sense. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're, you're, you're thinking, Pastor Rick, you don't know my parents, that they were abusive, they were manipulative, neglectful, it caused me a lot of pain and sorrow in my life. Am I supposed to honor them? Am I supposed to put on a happy face and simply pretend that everything is okay? And the answer is no, of course not. What you honor is the, the position of parenthood. It's like a, a private in the army who salutes to a, a captain. 
The private may not even know the captain, but he salutes the captain anyway because he's honoring the position of the captain. The captain could be a total jerk, but he honors the position or the title, not necessarily the person. So sometimes it's simply the position of parenthood you honor, not necessarily the personality behind it, right? That makes sense. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. Number three, or the third reason God wants you to honor your parents is this. It kind of goes along with number two. God wants you to honor your parents because how you relate to your parents will affect all your other relationships. Beloved, how you relate to other people is formed by how you relate to your parents. In other words, how you relate to others is formed in the home. And so when things are chaotic in the home, then then that spills out into other uh, relationships. For those of you that are adults, when, when you act in ways or behave in ways that you don't understand and can't figure out, many times it's because you're still reacting to your parents. You're 20, you're 30, you're 40, you're 50. But a lot of times the reason why you you act the way you act or react the way you react is simply because of how things might have played out, you know, played themselves out in your family. I couldn't count the, the marriages that have been ruined because a spouse has never resolved a relationship with a parent and, and they're taking it out on their husband or their wife or, or their kids or whatever. I read a survey this week that showed that people who get along with their parents have far less stress in their lives. And that just makes sense, doesn't it? Man, if there's peace in your home, there's peace between mom, dad, and children. Wow. And if there isn't peace and and things aren't resolved and you go out and get married and all of that, still how you interface with your parents still, you know, can factor into your life today. Now, if you didn't relate well to your parents, it doesn't, you know, have to mess up all your relationships because you can change. God's more powerful than whatever happened in your childhood. In other words, hey, oh man, Pastor Rick, am I just messed up for life, man? My, my parents were messed up, they were divorced, it was a mess. Am, am I messed up for, for good? No. God's way more powerful than your childhood. And when you allow Jesus Christ to come into your life, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, and you allow God and his word to transform you, that's way more powerful than whatever your childhood was like. God God can trump all all of that. But make no mistake about it, how you relate to your parents matters, which is why God says, I want you as children to honor them, to honor them. Now, what does that look like, though? How how does honoring, you know, what does honoring (coughs) your parents look like? This is the the practical piece. How, How do you apply this command to your everyday life. Well, it depends on where you're at in life, doesn't it? Because you apply this command differently depending on the stages of of life that that you're in. And there are basically three stages to to life. Number one, for for children. And this is the one that we all, that makes the most sense. We get this one. For children, they honor their parents by obeying them. Our text today said, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing 
to do. One version says, children, obey your parents. This is the right thing to do because God has placed them in authority over you. And as I said, this is the easiest stage for us all to get. Children are to honor their parents by obeying them, obeying them willingly, pleasantly, and immediately. Colossians chapter three says this, children always obey your parents for this pleases the Lord. Now we don't have a lot of children in here, there are some, there may be some over in the venue, maybe you're watching online and you're a child. The Bible says this to you, that you're to always obey your parents for this pleases the Lord. Now it's interesting to note the motivation for a child to obey their parents. It's not to make their parents happy. The motivation for a child to obey their parents is it makes the Lord happy. It pleases him. It pleases Christ. Now, nothing wrong with wanting to please your parents. But the motivation is, is that it pleases him. Because we all know that we can obey our parents and it still may not please them. A lot of kids grow up with unpleasable parents. And so a child can go, well, why should I obey? It doesn't matter what I do. My, my parents are never happy. They're, they, 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 just, they just are always in a bummer. They're always mad. It doesn't matter what I do. I get it. God gets it. That's why he says, look, you obey your, parent, you obey your parents not because it'll make them happy. It might. But you obey because it pleases the Lord. That's the motivation. That's why you, you, you do it. Now, does this mean that a child has to obey their parents if their parents ask them to do something that's sinful or evil or wicked or, or whatever? And the answer is no, of course not. God would never want a child to obey a parent or anybody that asked them to do something that was evil or sinful or wicked or whatever. Never. In fact, let me say this to those of you that are parents or someday you want to be a parent. So to pay very close attention. This may be the most important thing I say in this message. One of the most severe warnings ever given in all of history was given by Jesus to adults who abuse children. Jesus said, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, you know, you as a parent, Ask your child to sin. Tell them I'm not home. I didn't, I didn't write this. But Jesus said, anybody who causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and they were thrown into the great sea. Yeah. That's weighty. Moms, dads, that's weighty. You don't ever want to be the, the one who would ask your child or command your child or tell your child to do something that was sinful. 
or evil or, you know, against God's word. Jesus says something really harsh here. Really harsh. Being a parent is serious business to God. He, he expects us to raise our children to the glory of God. So, so you never want to tell your children to do something that's evil or sinful. Paul said this in verse 4 of our text. Fathers, don't, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Now, next week, Lord willing, I'm going to talk more about this verse. But let me say this. Parents, one of your great roles is to stand in the gap, if you will, between your children and God. You see, they, they don't have the ability to understand all the things about God because they're young and immature. So God puts you in charge of helping them understand biblical truth. You're just there to stand in the gap. Here you got these immature children. They don't really know a whole lot. As I said a couple of weeks ago, you know, watch little children. They'll pick up lint and eat it, you know. <laughs> you know, they don't know what they're doing. But God gave them you. And you're that person who stands in the gap between God and them. God wants you to be the ones who, who, who train them and lead them and guide them into biblical truth. And as I said, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more about that next week. Now, let me also say this. As long as you live under your parents' roof, I don't care what age you are, you're, you're to obey them willingly, pleasantly, and immediately. It's their home. They're the king and queen of their castle, which means they get to call the shots. When you're out on your own, you got your own apartment, you got your own house or whatever, you can do whatever you want. You can live however you want. You can, you can throw things on the floor. You can leave the dishes out. You can do anything you want. But as long as you live under your parents' roof, guess what? They call the shots. And some of you are thinking, well, hey, I'm, I'm 20, man. I have to listen to my parents, man. I'm an adult. My parents pay for everything. But, but I, don't have to, I don't have to listen to them. I'm an adult. Yeah, you do. You're called to obey them. I, when I, I was, my first marriage, my first wife, for those of you that are visiting, was killed in a car wreck. But when we first got married, we wanted to buy a house. But we didn't have, we didn't have the money. That was back when you had to actually put skin in the game. You know, and then the government got all stupid and just gave away houses, and then we got the problems we got today. But back then, you actually had to, you know, put 10% down or, you know, 15% down or whatever it was. And, uh, and, and I just couldn't save any money because I was, you know, I was putting it all towards our apartment. And so I went to my, my parents and said, hey, they had a house in Dutch Hollow. And I said, hey, I was wondering, can Michelle and I move in? You got this big house, and you got this room over here, and it's got a bedroom and its own bathroom, and we'll live here just for a little while while I can save some money. Then I got a down payment for a house. Boom, I buy it. I'm good. I'm golden. Just, I just need a few months. And my dad and stepmother said, no problem. So we move in. We had our little room, and it was really great. And I was the youth pastor here at that time, and it was a Wednesday night. And Wednesday nights were long nights for me. We'd come down here and do our stuff with the youth and, and stay late. Sometimes 
my, some of my staff, we'd go out and get pizzas and hang out and talk or whatever we'd do. And so it's like 1230. Okay. And I go up to the house, you know, unlock the door, but the, 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 the bolt thing's now locked. And I don't have a key to that. And I'm going, dude, they accidentally bolted the door. So I run around to the back door. Sure enough, it was bolted too. And I'm thinking, oh, man, my dad forgot. I wasn't going to be home, and he actually locked those doors, you know, and so I felt stupid. I knock on the door, and my dad shows up, you know, in his underwear and his, you know, white V-neck T-shirt. Hey! Kind of opens, and he's standing there, and I go, hey, he accidentally locked the doors. I go, no, I didn't accidentally lock anything. At 12 o'clock, the doors are locked here. You're living under my roof. You're in by 12. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for some action, but you know, my dad's in his underwear and his V-neck, and it's like he looks a little crazy. And I'm thinking, maybe this isn't the best moment to, to go at it with him. And uh, you know, I got in bed that night. It was like, you know what? This is his home. And I didn't know a whole lot about the Bible, but I knew the Ten Commandments, and I knew number five said I was to honor my father. And this is his home. I'm an adult. And he has graciously opened his home for me. So, so, so that I can save up some money. He, he's been a huge blessing. And I remember that next morning going and sitting down with him and saying, wow, Dad, I'm really sorry. I'll be in at 12, before 12. And I was. Doesn't matter how old you are. I realize the circumstances of life happen and sometimes you've got to move back in with your parents. Praise the Lord for that. But just remember, it's their home. And they may have certain rules that they want you to live by. It gives them peace. It gives them a, 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 a good sense about their, their home. So, so honor them in that way. Now, no, number two, or the second stage, is for, for the young adolescent. Now, now they're beyond, you know, just being children. And they honor their parents by obeying them. But, but then I've added by, by accepting them and appreciating them. I've added a, another layer to it when they become adolescents. Once again, Proverbs 23 says, listen to your father. Without him, you would not exist. When your mother is old, show her your appreciation. Verse 25 says, make your father and mother proud of you. Give your mother that, that happiness. Beloved, the older you get, the more mature you get. You start to see the faults of your parents. You see, when you're a little kid, you don't, you don't see the faults. You think your mom and dad are just, you know, woo! They're perfect. Unbelievable. But as you get older, you know, you become an adolescent, guess what you, you recognize? Man, Romans 3.23 is true. My parents are sinful. My parents have chinks in the armor. They got problems. In fact, they're weird. <laughs> you start seeing their hang-ups, you, you, you know, and, and, and so it becomes important for you not only to obey them, but to also accept them and appreciate them in spite of their chinks in, in the armor or their sin or their weakness or, their, or whatever. Why? Why is it so important to accept and appreciate your parents? Well, uh, a number of years ago, I, I was talking with a teenager right out here in the, in the Welcome Center, 
who was visiting our church from out of town, and he was all bowed out of shape over his parents. And I used to hear that a lot as a youth pastor. Yeah, my, my dad, you know, my mom, you know, they're, they're always bowed out of shape over something. And this guy <laughs> blurted out, I didn't have a choice as to who my parents were, man. It's just not fair. Okay. Okay. So I said to him, well, they didn't have a choice either. When you popped out, they were stuck with you. You know, I mean, I mean it's kind of a, it's kind of a two-way street. It's kind of how that works, right? You're stuck with each other. You can't put them back in, you know, and say, I want another one. Can I take this one back? And, and so it's important that you, that you accept each other because you're stuck with each other. It's important that you appreciate your parents. They're who you got. This is why acceptance is so important. Now, acceptance doesn't mean, you know, pretending that they're perfect or anything like that. It, it doesn't mean ignoring their mistakes. It doesn't mean agreeing with all that they do or agreeing with all that they ask you to do. It doesn't mean that. But it means at least a couple of things. Number one, accepting and appreciating your parents means you, you listen to what your parents have to say. You, you listen. Just listen. I, I Googled this this week. Has anybody ever died because they listened to their parents? You know, you know, no one's ever died of that? Yeah, you sit down and you listen to your parents. No one's ever got done listening to their dad and went, oh, God, and they died. It doesn't happen. You may blow 10 minutes of your life, but you won't die from listening. It won't kill you. Just to shut your mouth and listen to what your dad or your mom has to say. Listen. You know, they got more miles on their odometer of life than you do. Now, you don't have to agree with it. There have been times I've had my children and I've shared with them some things and I've walked away and about 30 minutes later I thought about what I said and I went, dude, that was dumb. I th I, my own advice I thought was dumb. I didn't even like the advice I gave. You, you don't have to agree with what your parents think or what they say. But you can listen. Listen to them. Number two, accepting and appreciating your parents means you forgive your parents when they blow it. The Bible already tells us that they're going to blow it. We're all sinful people. The fact of life is we, we often hurt those that we love the most. Sometimes we do it intentionally. Sometimes it's unintentional, which means the chances are, are, are really good that you're, you're going to be hurt by your parents. They're going to hurt you. Nobody ever um, gets in a car and drives to the mall and just picks out some total stranger and just gets mad at them. You, you get mad and you get angry at those you love the most. Whether it's right or wrong, that's just the way it goes. We just hurt people we love the most. And I guarantee you, your parents love you. Ah, oh, they, They're going to hurt you, though. It may not always come out right, whatever they're trying to say. 
Maybe in the heat of the moment, they say something they shouldn't say. They blow it that way. There's no perfect parents. And one of the ways you accept them and appreciate them is, 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 is to forgive them. Colossians chapter 3 says, make allowances for each other's faults. Now, that's a broad statement, but certainly that's got to uh, uh, be true within a family, right? That you have to make allowances for the faults of your parents. And forgive anyone who offends you. Anyone. I, I think that includes your parents, doesn't it? Remember, in case you're having trouble with that, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. You see, when you become an adolescent, the older you get, you, you see the chinks, you see the sin, you, you see how messed up your parents really are. My son's kind of getting to that age. See, his whole life, I've, I've been like, I've been like Zeus. <laughs> I could do no wrong. He's getting older. Guess what he sees? Hey, the old man ain't Zeus. <laughs> the old man ain't perfect. He's, he starts to see that. And so as an adolescent, you, you, you have to not only obey, but, but then you have to go, look, I, I'm going to accept my parents, and I'm going to appreciate them and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Look, when you choose not to forgive your parents, all it does is eat you alive, right? It makes you bitter. <laughs> Some of you, you're, you're in your 30s, you're in your 40s, you're in your 50s, and you know what? You never forgave your parents. And all it's done is make you bitter all these years. And guess who has to deal with all your bitterness? Your spouse. And boy, isn't that fun. Some of you are on your second or third or fourth marriage because of it. It's just a good thing to just forgive. Your parents aren't, aren't perfect, right? Um, and, and last but not least, the, the, the third stage, and this is for the adult child. This is where most of us fit in. We honor our parents by affirming them, and I, I don't know what that's the right word or not. Hopefully it'll make some sense here as I unpack it. But that's how we honor them. Proverbs uh, chapter 3 says, Don't withhold good from those who deserve it, when it's in your, in your power to help them. So, so the, obviously that, that's got to include our parents, right? If you can help your neighbor now, don't say come back tomorrow, then I'll help. Beloved, for many parents, many grandparents, the older they get, the less respect they get and the less affirmed they are because all of their friends who respected them and affirmed them are, are dying off. They're no longer wanted in the marketplace for their skills, their wisdom. Their grown children are busy with their own families and they tend to lead lonely lives. That might be some of you in this room right here. You see, your parents have a great need, a desperate need to feel that 
and know that they've made some kind of positive contribution in your life. They need to be affirmed, in other words. And how do you do that? You affirm your parents by staying in touch with them. It's a simple thing to do. You, you, know, you, know, you don't live in the same town. You may not live in the same state. You may not live in the same country. But one of the things you can do to affirm them is just stay in touch with them. Pick up the phone, call them. Most, most of you in this room, you know what, there's a generation out there. They, they don't, the email thing doesn't really jive with them. And I realize for some of you, hey, I wish my parents get an email, you know. Well, maybe put their needs ahead of your own. That, who, who talked about that? Where did we find that concept in the scriptures? I, I know you like to email maybe, but you're, maybe your mom doesn't. Maybe your dad doesn't. And what they like is snail mail. My mom, who's uh, no, no longer alive, uh, she, she had a computer. I could send her an email, and, um, you know, five months later, she might <laughs> read the thing. She, she always went out and bought me cards. And when she went to Hallmark, man, it was a big deal. She'd look at all the cards, you know, and read them and reread them and think about it. She was looking for the right card. Said the right thing. Me? I walk in, uh, this is the love section. There's a heart and a thing. That's good, you know. I don't even, I don't even know what it said. Yeah, whatever. There you go. Now my mom. So when I opened a card for my mother, that, that meant something. Those were, man, she, she, she looked for hours for the right card. One of the great ways that you can affirm your parents is go pick out a nice card. Just send it off to them. Give them a call. By the way, you know, here's the deal. There's going to come a moment when your parents pass away, just part of life. And I've done a lot of funerals in here. It was nice to see all the flowers up here. It's always nice. Now, it doesn't do the person that's dead any good. They don't care. They don't, they don't get to see the flowers. Why don't you buy the flowers now while your parents are alive now? Spend some dough now. They'll appreciate those flowers now. Or the cards or the nice things that are always, always said. And number two, you affirm your parents by asking for and listening to their counsel. It's always a nice thing to do. Even if you don't follow it, just listen to it. Even if they live far away, hey, Dad, look, man, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? And here's the thing. You can do this. Sure. Yeah. But at least you asked. And you know what? Believe it or not, every so often, they just might say something that's pretty good. I know it's weird to think about. But every so often, they, they just might come up with something, and you go, man, I don't, man, my dad must have got some sleep last night. Man, that, that, that was pretty good. Maybe I ought to think about that. Ask them. 
So I'm going to kill you. It's one of the great ways that you can honor your parents. And by the way, I think this goes along, this involves, you know, your in-laws too. Moses listened to his father-in-law, right? Ruth listened to her mother-in-law. And number three, you affirm your parents by taking care of them when they're older. 1 Timothy chapter 5 says, whoever does not care for his own relatives, especially his own family members, has turned against the faith and is worse than somebody who does not believe in God. Wow. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Now, there are all kinds of applications here, you know. It might mean going over and changing the oil in their car when they need it, you know. might mean giving them, you know, inviting them to your home every now and then. It may mean hiring a nurse if you can afford it to care for them while they're, you know, frail and can't take care of themselves. For some of you, you know what, you have a sibling who maybe your parents live in another town or another state and, and you're here with your family and you couldn't go there to take care of your family, but a sibling is, they're really putting in the, the extra effort to care for your, your mom or your dad. Wouldn't it be a nice thing to do for care, to do something sweet for that sibling who is in that town, who is having to go over and do more for your mom or your dad. And it's not evil or sinful that you couldn't do it. You live here. They live out of town or they live in another state. But how can you be a blessing to that sibling, you see, who's loving and caring for your mother in, or father in their older age? The point is it's your responsibility to make sure that they're cared for. And I know many of you are facing this issue, issue right now. Now, as I wrap this up, just real quick, I want to say something to three groups of people. Number one, parents, mom, dad, it's easier for your children to honor you when you choose to live honorably. That makes sense, doesn't it? Group two, those who are banded by, you know, your, your parents, I want you to remember that God made you, God loves you, and God wants you. The Bible says, um, uh, my father and mother may abandon me, but the Lord will take care of me. And I know that many of you were abandoned by your, your parents, but you were never abandoned by the Lord. He created you, he loves you, and he cares deeply for you. He has a plan for your life. And the third group is this, those of you that were abused by your parents. And I want you to know that God knows about it and that severe judgment awaits some of you grew up in homes where your parents were just evil, they were wicked, they were sinful, and you wish that they would have abandoned you. But they didn't. And you had to live in a home where evil was perpetrated on you. And I just want you to know, and nobody else may know, but Jesus knows. The Bible says that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. Remember what Jesus said about causing a little one to sin or stumble? <laughs> there, there's coming a moment for those of you that were abused when God will settle the score. Just know that. And if you were a parent who did the abusing, I want you to know that God forgives any sin, any sin. And for some of you, that, that might be your prayer today. Say, oh God, I, I abuse my kids to the point where I, I don't have anything to do with them. Why don't we all stand and let's, um, let's say this uh, verse out loud uh, together, okay?
Over in the venue, let's say it together. Here we go. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. Let's say it one more time. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. Father, thanks for a chance to come and sing together and pray together and give together, hear your word together, fellowship together, serve together, Lord. And as we walk out of this place, may we, um, maybe even this Thanksgiving season, figure out ways to, to honor our moms and dads, our grandmas and grandpas. Thanking you, Lord, for them, expressing our thanks to them. Give us a great time of fellowship now. And I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, amen. amen.